This week on Invasion of the Podcast, it's the 11th anniversary of wanting to play a game. And we talk about delicious, delicious brains. And the Nacho Sorting Helmet hat is back, and we find out who would survive in a horror movie. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, uh, taking over the world one listener at a time. Uh, it is the day, actually two days for Halloween. Yes. We're really yeah. getting close to that. Uh, I am, as always, Paul. You've got red on you, Stedman. And to my left is, as always, Joe Double Tap Peters. Yeah. Make sure it's dead. You just got to make sure, right? Pop, pop. So I, um, since Saturday's actually Halloween, uh, Friday I have like a work <clears throat> Halloween thing to do. And so there's going to be kids trick-or-treating all this. I decided to go to Walmart tonight to go buy candy in a candy bucket. Mm-hmm. I found the candy. There's no candy buckets left. Just use a, you could have went and got a pillowcase, dude. Well, I'm not, I'm not trick-or-treating. I'm, so? I'm giving candy out. Yeah. Just make it's it like, creepier for them. Just reach on in there. You can't see anything. It, it just it drove me nuts to go in there, and it's like it's all discount Halloween stuff, and it's all Christmas now. Kids like that scary And, and stuff. I, can't even, I can't even get a candy bucket like two days for Halloween. Um, but, you could have went and bought any type of container. <laughs> yeah, they had cauldrons for sale for like seven bucks, but I'm not going to spend $7 on a plastic cauldron. I mean, I don't know. Go to Pakatans, and they probably had some. I'm going to use one of our, our famous nacho helmets Dad, tomorrow. that could be bad. Why? Because two kids could get like a piece of candy and then the, find out those two kids end up fighting to the death. I, those I, nacho I, helmets are designed to answer <laughs> questions like that. They're not, <laughs> they remain the same place as the sorting hat from Harry Potter. Pretty right? much, like They have yeah. power. Yeah. They're Cleveland Indians helmets with that previously housed nachos, which I'm pretty sure the people did eat the nachos that happened to them as well. So I don't know if you should do that. It's true. I mean, I did eat notches out of the helmet, and my fate's been sealed since then. It's, mm-hmm. it's all been just bad times. Luckily, luckily, you beat one of the Care Bears to death in, in the, <laughs> the choosing. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a, it was an easy draw. Thankfully, <laughs> who would win? It was it was me, and then the Rainy Claw in, Bear, yeah. and uh, he realized that I'm sadder oh, than no. he is. 80s cartoon characters who would win in a fight between Paul and 80s cartoon. <laughs> Thank God I drew Snuggle Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I think I'm going to take the nacho helmet and then have kids fight to the death tomorrow. I think that's going to be actually that's going to be really entertaining. So I like that. Yeah, they like that. That that was like a number one movie, wasn't it? Hunger Games. What the Hunger Games? Yeah, yeah just like people just, love that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it's like my cornucopia. Like I'll put the nacho hat out, and then I'll just leave like various weapons, aka just office yeah. supplies, mm-hmm. like thumbtacks, and I have... ruler, <laughs> and like just some like really sharp paper. Uh-huh. It'd be like choose your weapon and have the kids fight it up. And then whoever wins gets to draw from the. From the full size candy bars, helmet. yeah. Like this is all fun size stuff I have, yeah. but you're right. It's like you get a full bar if you live, Timmy. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I like that idea a lot. So, uh, keeping up with the theme of Halloween, we got a lot of good stuff to get to, but we we do have some news to start with. A little, little yeah. bit of news. So, and and you know what? We're not too heavy on news today. Uh, yeah. So, uh, as soon as you. everyone ruffle this 
this just, just in. in. Yeah. No. So, uh, <laughs> hey, that's really important sounding news now. That's very important now. We to, yeah. We, we do this in a, a suit and tie now. Yeah. It's still, very... still shorts. No, no dress pants. Like you can't see it behind me, but I have like seven different clocks with time zones behind mm-hmm. me running all the time. And I'm, I have like an ashtray just full of cigarettes. I'm just like, you know, old school, just reporting the news as I go and just yeah. putting out cigarettes. Uh, news as always is brought to us by Midwest Best Grooming Company. Strong enough to tame the roughest of faces and alluring enough to draw on those who love it. MWB Bro- MWBGroomingCo.com. Uh, so, and I know No Shave November is coming up. So you guys may want to, you know, if you want to grow a beard. That's a way to tame it. Um, they're getting distributed around a lot of barbershops in Cleveland, too. So keep your eye out. Um, if you, Because you can always get it from their website. But uh, if you go get your hair done somewhere, uh, they may be carrying their uh, their product. Yeah, so there you go. Check it out. Uh, so what do we got here in news? So news we were talking about in the intro. 11th anniversary of the movie Saw, um, which released in North America and Can- or mostly Canada and the United States. So North America. I don't know if Mexico got it. <laughs> they, they got it two years ago. Yeah, it's it like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, eleventh anniversary. It did. It did debut in January in one of the film festivals, but then like it was released in theaters in October. So yeah. Do you remember like it was that that same weekend? It was Saw, and then like The Grudge came out like around the same time. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, because I, I, I saw The Grudge first, and it creeped me out at the time. It creeped everybody out, because things shouldn't move like that. You nope. Know, like, I remember. And kids um, shouldn't make cat noises and <laughs> all that. Yeah. But, like, Saw, I remember, Saw was off my radar until it came to DVD, and then, like, everybody was kind of like, oh, it was like, you know, the bee's knees, and you got to check it out. It's so crazy. And I, I admit I enjoyed the first Saw movie quite a bit, and then it was, for me, and I know probably for you, I don't know if it was right off the bat, but downhill after that well okay so you you told me before we started the show that you actually liked the first saw movie a great deal yeah i think that there was elements that really worked in it and then when you find out like the origin of the movie that it was like a short film that was pitched and then lionsgate i think uh ended up giving them a, a budget yeah and it was supposed to all be contained in that one room right 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 and then but then it started getting some buzz so they're like well what if we give you danny glover and they kept adding more like things to it and then so they had to keep adding like story to right. make it like, you know, a bigger release. Yeah. And I think that's where it started to kind of fall apart a little bit. But the whole idea of two guys in a room that don't know why they're there and then like all these clues is really intriguing. Yeah. Um, and the twist at the end is... I I did still, not like that. but some Really? People, I, was, I thought it was great. I was so pissed off at the end of that movie. Why? Right? Just, really? Like, you're going to be like lying in this... Well, like, wait, actually, here. It's 11 years old, but... No, you don't have uh, to... Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> Just in case, Jigsaw gets up at the, he's the dead body in the middle of the room, right? right? And then, like, the whole thing is like, he's a dead guy, right? Then in the second movie, they're like, they show a flashback of him taking a drug to slow his heartbeat down. It's like, if you need a second movie to explain why your first one doesn't make sense, that's not good writing. Right. But every Saw movie since then, it's like they always explain that the holes of the previous one somehow. Well, I know the holes like Carrie Ellis was a doctor. It's like, okay, this guy's in the middle of the room. You don't know he's dead. Yeah. I know you can't physically check him, but it's like there wasn't a time when you're just like, hey, did, did that guy's chest just move a little bit? Yeah, I feel like um, that as the movie went on, every single person worked for Jigsaw that – I don't even know. I may have worked for Jigsaw at one point, like just inadvertently, like yeah. just doing some paperwork or something for him. I'm like, right. man, you really just, you like you must have bought all the broken glass that there is in this town. I don't know what you want to do with it or all these, these needles. Why do you want all these needles? Oh, you're filling a pit. That's, that's <laughs> constructive. Well, like I said earlier, I was like the first, the name of the movie like relates to the move, the first movie a lot. Cause there's literally a, saw. there is literally a saw and the saw the hand and the foot off, but then there's no more saws. Like there's like, 
like the second movie should have been called Pit of Syringes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, needle pit. Needle pit. You know, home sweet needle pit. Ne- uh, needle pit. It, so, um, and, and not to go on too long about the, the effect of Saw, but it was one of those things where it came out, it did really, really well, and then, like, nobody wanted to open a movie on Halloween against it for, like, seven years. Because everyone's like, well, you can't open against Saw because it's going to be a losing proposition. And so, like, there was a lot of Halloween releases that didn't actually get put out. Like, even, like, the remake of Halloween got put out in, like, early September because Saw was controlling Halloween. And then once it went yeah. away, Paranormal Activity is supposed to be the one controlling. Right, because there's a new Paranormal Activity. Yeah, which right I, now, yeah. I don't understand why that, like, they suddenly, like, they gave the crown to Saw and that was it. Like, they just kind of just said, here you go. Well, originally it was because it was, like, it was so cheap to make and even the other ones were cheaper to make and it made a ton of money. Like, yeah, the turnover I mean, was ridiculous. That's why they were like, hey, let's make seven of these. Well, and then even the second movie um, was a script that had nothing to do with Jigsaw that they retrofitted like the whole like house thing going on mm-hmm. that was a totally different movie that they then applied all the jigsaw stuff to oh. to actually get the movie going earlier i i went and saw the second movie in the theater um, and in one of the most memorable moments in the theater um the the syringe pit scene mm-hmm. um we're sitting there watching it and and like and it was like the front row where you can kind of like walk around like when you're going to the restroom so you have those front row seats you know yeah. what I'm talking about so there's none in front of you and uh <laughs> This this lady's dragging her kid, and the kid literally had to have been like three or four. Oh no! And it was like ten o'clock at night. And the person I'm with, we look at each other, and we're just like, "What the hell? Like, <laughs> want to play a game? Yeah, want to never sleep again? Like, the kid wasn't crying or anything. They were just probably taking him to the bathroom, but like, like literally no higher than probably my knee. I was just like, so this kid's like a late teenager now. He's probably that kid that's the weird kid in school that kills animals. <laughs> My spare time when he saw saw when he was three yeah it was yeah just, it was just the funniest thing like we started laughing at her like really wow that's that's that's, that's bad so okay so that kind of set the pace for a bit like um it, i feel like a movie like violence and gore has its place but i feel like if it's earned and, and and it's like not justified because i mean can you really ever truly justify violence i guess but if it's like if it's earned by the story and not just all saw ever became was like um, like just the worst, like uh, Rube Goldberg machines of death. Yeah. And that's all it was like, let's see how well, much more complicated we can make this. And I think even um, slasher movies were, were campy and tongue and cheeky enough that like the, the, the ultra violence was funny. Like saw is not funny. It's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, and they're trying to like do something that's supposed yeah. to be like you've never seen this before. Right. We have people on a merry-go-round and we don't know what's going on next. It's like, yeah, I don't know, but also for a guy that had terminal cancer, he really got around. He did for seven movies, like, and then he dies, and then it's like, wait, no, he did stuff before this, and it's like, yeah, let's prequel stuff. I'm like, all right. So, um, so real quick, then, if like, since uh, you've probably seen a few of them, like, what's your favorite saw mechanic? Was it the needle pit, or was I don't it? Remember. a... like, what do you mean by favorite? I don't know. Like, Is there one that you're just like, ha, oh, that's actually kind of clever and kind of funny? No, no, <laughs> like, none of them I thought were like, whoa, that's a good trap. Yeah, I just, um, I always make the joke that I liked Saw a lot better when it was called Seven. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, and that's the big difference is that they didn't show you what actually happened. They always showed you the aftermath, which is way more terrifying. But Saw affected movies going forward. Like, um, I don't know if uh, Eli Roth would have a career right. without that. I don't think that there's a lot of, I mean, there's there's a lot of movies that kind of try to aping that. Mm-hmm. And We can and, talk, yeah, we yeah. can talk about Saw's effect on cinema for a while because I mean it, it it definitely is an iconic piece of of horror. But it was just interesting that that it, like I said, the same time the Grudge was out, 
And that was very much a remake of like Japanese horror, which is more of the creeping dread. Yeah. As opposed to excessive like shock violence on screen. Even though there was some, it was more of like you just don't know. It's very, like, um, very American. Yeah, but it was yeah. a very interesting contrasting of styles and what was popular at the time. So anyway, uh, hats off to you, Saw. I mean, hopefully you don't come back, but I'm sure you're just right around the corner. Yeah. So um, the next piece of piece of news, um, it's kind of Halloween-ish because it, it involves like some of the occult and ghosts and things like, not occult and ghosts, but um, uh, Arrow is going to be doing a um, another cameo crossover superhero with Constantine coming on Arrow in the next episode coming up. Yeah. Um, and uh, Constantine had his own show on NBC. Ran one season. They canceled it, unfortunately. I was a big fan of it. Um, it was really, really good. It was very, um, uh, uh, what did I say? X-Files meets, um, like, uh, uh, well, you said X-Files, but it was also very, like, uh, I don't know if you was more like, like the BPRD, like Hellboy type of thing. Was it more like, kind, oh no, it's, uh, wow. It was X-Files meets like the prophecy. Okay. Cause you had like the war with heaven and hell. And then you had like, um, like this uh, occult investigator, um, and then he does use magic and things like that. So it was just very interesting. Um, and the guy who played Constantine, uh, Matt Ryan, I thought he was spot on. He was a really good actor. Really sold the character a lot better than Keanu Reeves did in the movie. I mean, I hate to. I tried watching Constantine, the movie, recent, somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. That is a slog to get through. I thought it was cool the first time I watched the it years ago. The concept is cool. And that's yeah. why I like the show because I'm like, they took that great cool concept. And, and it was just like, you know, he fights like all these different like demons that are related to to like any type of ve- like vengeance type things mm-hmm. you know there there's an episode where he there's these miners and they died and the demon came around and was like poisoning all the miners because of like you the, mean like actual pickaxe miners yeah pickaxe okay. sorry yeah yeah it was like there, a mi- there was, was some a, miners there was a candy bowl they fought to the death it was really weird it was a mining town yeah. and then there's like an episode with like a fallen angel and they have to find out how she fell and all this stuff it was pretty cool but um they're going to bring him in like this is the first time that they have taken a character from another network. And another production company, another, all of this yeah. completely. And they basically took the actor because he did such a good job, and then they got the rights to the, the character and, and threw him into Arrow, and they're having him play. So I'm pretty excited to see Matt Ryan play John Constantine again on Arrow. Yeah, because I've never seen a situation in which... I mean, it's all, it's all DC, right? So ultimately, I mean, you know Constantine belongs in that universe. Right. But I've never ever seen, like... Um, someone like completely separate, like production house channel. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, this show didn't work out. You guys can totally do that. And I think that I think basically it's only going to strengthen NBC's one season of that because I mean it's it's probably on Hulu it'll, right now. It'll probably will, turn into a cult favorite. Yeah, like, and, yeah. It, and and like I, I saw an article. This is a little related to that, um, where there's they're, what they're doing with shows now. They're not like canceling shows outright. They're doing like what they call the the short orders if something's not working out so well, mm-hmm. and they kind of give the showrunners advance notice of like, hey, you may not make it. So they're giving them the opportunity to wrap up whatever storylines they have in their first. That's kind of like what they did with Constantine because Constantine ended, and I read an article about it. It ended where it could have continued, or mm-hmm. it ended where it was just like a like, oh wow, okay, that, that's what was going on, and and then you can leave it up to like you know, the, the, the watcher's imagination or, you know, whatever. So okay. it didn't leave you really super like what it didn't leave you with questions. Okay. Cause but I feel it, like that, yeah. I feel like that helps overall. Cause like re- repeat watching where if you feel like it's a complete story, at least yeah, like, um, they did that with, uh, that 
um, Life on Mars on ABC a few years ago. They actually told him, hey, you're not coming back. Wrap this up. The ending was ridiculous, but it has an ending. Okay. So um, anyway, so yeah, I'm interested. Like I, so here's my confession. Like Joe's now halfway through season three of Arrow. I'm all the way caught up except for this last episode. I finally got over the hump. I'm now current. I'm current with The Flash. Like a current with like Agents of Shield, like I'm watching so much freaking television right now, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think like once I get done with Arrow, we'll, maybe we'll we'll fire up an Arrow cast to talk about it because there's we'll, a, we'll fire an Arrow fire cast. an Arrow cast. <laughs> yes, I like it. Uh, no, but I just I and then then Jessica Jones is coming here in November, so there's going to be oh, more yeah. more binge watching which, of things to watch, and I'm excited for that. Which a piece of news that I forgot about that I should have brought up is is Daredevil is going to. Uh, make cameos in um, Jessica Jones. Well, good, because, I mean, uh, Luke Cage is going to be in that, too, yeah. and he's going to have his own series. So I'm excited for that. So, yeah, uh, I think it's it's cool. I'm, I can't wait to see the whole Constantine thing. It's how it plays out. I know what's going on. Joe doesn't know what's going on, so I'm not going to spoil it for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, and then uh, the other piece of news that I read that Stephen I Stephen Amell's was... abs are magic. That's the spoiler. <laughs> you don't know. They're just, they're just magic. It's, it's a magical salmon ladder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's where the magic is. <laughs> Go to space with it. Yeah. Um, so the other cool piece of news that, that I saw uh, this week was that um, uh, Fallout and Bethesda, or Bethesda, I guess you could say it is, because Fallout 4 is coming out, is they've teamed up with a company called Jones Soda Company, and they are going to be putting out Nuka-Cola Quantum, and it's going to be available at Target. So the iconic drink from the Fallout games, uh, Nuka-Cola, uh, they're putting out an actual soda, a Nuka-Cola soda, and it's going to be the Quantum Edition, which in the game there was a Quantum Nuka-Cola, and it basically was a, uh, more addictive for your character. Like, your character had to keep drinking it, and um, it gave you some, like, like a couple uh, better perks. But you get the caps from these, and you could use them as currency in yes. the future. So save all your caps if you do get these. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they're going to pull off the neon glow, because it it's basically like a like a like a, a silvery blue like glow in a bottle. So, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure they can make it look like the color, but if, if they actually throw a light under it, I'd be kind of impressed. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, and in, in Jones soda, they're not afraid to take like risks and do things like they, they're the ones that have that Thanksgiving release every year. Have you seen that where it's like the four <laughs> bottles where they do basically like the flavors that Thanksgiving, like they have a cooked <laughs> Turkey flavor oh. and a mashed potatoes and gravy flavor. It's like they like I it's it's disgusting, but they do it. So like they're always doing something weird. Well, there was a company in the UK too that did a beer, a craft beer for Fallout. Also, oh, yeah. well, I mean that's like it's exciting that that there's a lot of cross promotion where you got like the the sodas, and then I know Pepsi had the the Pepsi Perfect that they put yeah. out for Back to the Future, and then like I know there's Duff Beer out there, and then that um that one brewery does all the Game of Thrones beers. Yeah, like it's just it's just another thing that people get excited about. But that's really cool. Hmm. Because it's really iconic with Fallout. Yeah. Like, what's the other thing that they could market? It's like, oh, here's death claws. like yeah, death, cl- death claws or some human meat. Here's a death here, claw. Yeah. yeah. Here's some. Here's <laughs> we, we've partnered up with Spam, and we now have human meat. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, I don't know if I'll drink glowing soda, but you know, if it doesn't have high fructose corn syrup, it ha- it's probably fine. <laughs> um, so that that was the news, and on to this. Seven weeks till Star Wars episode seven, mm-hmm. seven and seven. What, seven and seven. What's your what's your fun Star Wars fact? Uh, so my fun Star Wars fact is, um, the uh, the inspiration for the Emperor uh, came from, like Lucas 
originally wanted to use one of his buddies' characters from another movie. Uh, not the specific character, but the name. Okay. Um, and uh, he went to uh, Martin Scorsese, and he originally wanted to have the Emperor's name be Palatine, which Palatine was the senator from Taxi Driver. Okay. And Scorsese was like, ah, he kind of wasn't cool with it. And he didn't want to have people get confused, so he didn't want, like, a direct, like, reference okay. to the Senator Palatine. So that's how we got Palpatine. Oh, So okay. the evolution of the name Palpatine came from Lucas's relationship with Scorsese and loving the, the Senator character because in um, uh, the prequels, it's actually the first time that you find out that his name's Pal- or, uh, Palpatine. Because okay. they don't call him Palpatine in, in the original. Yeah, uh, they just call him. They just call him the Emperor. Yeah. So when he, he came down to naming him, um, it basically was like, he's like, hey, you know, maybe I should, because that was a corrupt, you know, senator. He's like, I'll just name him Palantine. And, but he just decided to go hmm. Palpatine. <laughs> That's interesting. Like, I, um, there was a story recently where they asked uh, Bob Gale, the guy who wrote Back to the Future, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and he wrote all of them, right? And they asked... Uh, where he got his inspiration for 1985 alternative Biff, like the dystopian Biff, Donald Trump. He was like, that was his Absolutely. whole... Absolutely. He, he straight up was like, that, like, that's all I had in mind the entire time. And it's like, you look at that, you're like, that, that's just, it's, very, it's just really odd considering what's going well, on in the world right now. Even the look, like I've seen like when they, like last week when they were doing all the Back to the Future stuff, there were tons of like photos of like Biff and Trump, like because Trump's running for, uh, for president. And it was just like the two of them side by side with like that hairpiece. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was totally <laughs> obvious that Biff was Trump. Well, and then it also makes me think, this is my Star Wars information. You already know this, though. Whenever Lucas was trying to come up with, like, looks for Darth Maul, mm-hmm. he told his, all, all his artists, like, draw the scariest thing you could think of. And someone just gave him a picture of a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? It's just like, this is what I'm terrified of. And he's like, okay, we're not going to do that. I didn't, but, I didn't know that the clown thing. I didn't know that. <laughs> I do know that when they did General Grievous, though, um, part of the, the concept art for General Grievous was somebody took a spray bottle and turned it on its side so it was like facing one way. Okay. And that's basically how they got Grievous's head. So Grievous's head is pretty much just like a spray bottle. That's, you know, like I it's I guess it's another discussion. I'm sure we'll probably have a whole Star Wars thing before Star Wars. Like Grievous is one of those characters that I thought like, could have I been, was gonna He say, was way more of a badass outside the movie oh, if, and that's like that's unfortunate. Like Grievous, like when I watched the the first two Clone Wars uh volumes before the, the shorts. The, the shorts. Yeah. yeah, the the 5-minute shorts that they compiled. Like I was like this guy is a monster. I cannot wait to see him on screen. I'm like he's kind of toned down. I'm like yeah. but he was a lot more dangerous in the um the uh the animated, not the CG animated. Yeah, the one that was done by a Samurai Jack guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so. so, yeah, that's your Star Wars fact. Uh, we're going to have six more of those and then probably a whole three-hour episode of nothing but Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I was going to forego Christmas special uh, month of December. <laughs> Our Life Day special. Our Life Day special. And I was just going to talk about <laughs> Star Wars for four weeks. And actually, you know what? That makes me think. So it, right now, guys, we haven't done this like actually since like the, the second episode. Um, if you could please submit questions to us to, to ask the, the Sith PR rep. I think that'd be fun to get some more Ask the, the Sith PR guy. Oh, I think the Sith PR guy is going to come back before Episode 7. Yeah, out. so certainly uh, submit questions to us. You can do it on Twitter at Invading Podcast. Uh, we have our Facebook page, and our email address is invadingpodcast at gmail.com. I think that'd be a lot of fun to, to see what you guys come up with to ask the Sith rep. You yeah. Could, it could be anything, but it will hopefully be Star Wars related. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a Star Wars fact. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. 
Um, so I finally got a little caught up on my new Marvel Universe stuff. I, I had all the issues I picked up. And uh, when I was on vacation, I, I read a few of them. And um, I burned through the first issues of I- Invincible Iron Man, um, Amazing Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and um, uh, Uncanny Avengers. So the whole Superior Iron Man thing is over and done. Yeah, that was like a little nine-issue shot. It was really good. Okay. Um, but I think they kind of snuffed it out after Secret Wars, and they kind of just... Uh, Wrote off the end of it of, like, Tony probably just would have kept going that way if, you know, nothing had happened. But then the incursions and the Earth's colliding, blah, blah, blah. So he's gone. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah. so this is the, the stuff is after the reset of yeah. Secret Wars? And not Secret Wars, but... Uh, after Secret Wars okay. has ended. And they do a really good job of not giving you any extra information about what happened in Secret Wars that hasn't been published yet. Because mm-hmm. they still have, like, like I think... Three, two or three issues of Secret Wars to be done with, and they haven't wrapped it up yet. So these issues that have come out were supposed to be publications that came out after, and um, I don't, I don't, they didn't really spoil anything, which was kind of nice. But <laughs> it was kind of cool. Um, it was like a nice fresh reboot. Um, Bendis is writing Invincible Iron Man, so it's actually pretty good. Uh, it was funny to see Tony being uh, funny, like uh ladies man tony and and uh just you know being overly cocky about his his intelligence and technology um and then um amazing spider-man was was is still written by dan slot which uh i like i like his writing even though i know he's not a big mj peter parker fan um but uh peter parker has gone like global with his Parker Industries, and he's kind of doing an Iron Man thing. I, I literally work across the street from a Parker Industries. Yeah. It makes me wonder. Like, I, sometimes oh. I'll be walking around, and I'm just like, I hope some explosions happen so I get spider powers. That's all I'm really hoping is what happens. I don't know. But there, he took a book out of Iron Man's page, and, and Spider-Man is Peter Parker's bodyguard. So that explains why he tends to show up whenever Peter Parker is around. So. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's kind of cool. Like, his new suit has... it's. There's some new tricks that his suit has. It's not just, like, the the leotard with the red and, and blue and the webs. He's got a... Um, the one thing I did see that's new is he, he was able to change his webbing cartridges. Okay. So kind of like a like a rotational thing. Almost like it reminded me of Judge Dredd's, uh, Judge Dredd's uh, Lawgiver. Okay, so, so he shoots different type of webs yeah, for different situations. Yeah, he shoots like this metal web that was like electrified. Hmm. So he hit him with the metal web and then it like had a charge go through it. So it was kind of cool. So he has like a little pocket for like some Lunchables or whatever. Yeah, just like, just pepperoni <laughs> slices and stuff. He's just <laughs> he has like orange slices and high C. You know, just like you got to keep the energy up while you're out fighting crime. Munching on him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty good so far. And then they brought back one of the villains from Secret Wars, um, Regent. That was in Renew Your Vows. I don't remember if I talked about that in one of my other... Uh, I think you did, but I, uh, the actual he, character... Yeah, yeah, he's basically like Siler from Heroes. Like, okay. he collects other heroes' powers, and then he absorbs them. Okay. So they brought him back into the fold, so he's still kind of kicking around. So I think he's going to be the new Spider-Man baddie for a while. And then we still got the Miles Morales Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, Miles still... That hasn't come out yet, but Miles okay. got his own book, too, that's just Spider-Man. Peter's amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> so you have, to, you, have to not earn, you have to earn an adjective to go on top of that. Yes, that's true. And you know what's funny is I used to play an MMO uh, called City Heroes. I think it was City Heroes. Maybe it was, maybe it was Champions. But like once you hit a certain level, you would get different adjectives to put in, adjectives to put in front of your name. So you would <laughs> you be just like to unlock them, the you know? astonishing or the un, the the uh, unsurpassable or you know it was just like these like you know you had to be like you know impressive like the Amazing Spider-Man. Or so it's like the Amazing Spider-Man and the he, he's okay Spider-Man, the Invincible like, Iron Man. It's yeah. like yeah. 
Yeah, so that was kind of cool. And then um, Doctor Strange was really good. Um, that was written by Jason Aaron, who did the new Thor reboot with, okay. with Lady Thor. Um, I'm really liking his stuff uh, as of late. I, I, I enjoyed Thor. Um, and then this, the, with him working on this. Um, Doctor Strange, uh, it seems like he's a little Tony Starkish. Like, he's kind of cocky. Well, he, I mean, even Stephen Strange, before he became, you know, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, like, he was a world-renowned, like, doctor and really cocky with what he could do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know he's supposed to be a little bit more reserved, a little bit more, like, humbled. I think I think they I think they didn't do him as as humbled as he used to be. Okay, he's not as like brash as Tony, but he's got a little bit of cockiness. Do you think they're leaning into um, Cumberbatch playing him? So like he he yeah. kind of carries himself with a little bit of wit. They so, pr- they definitely right. are because they do that all the time. Whenever the movies start to come out, mm-hmm. they push like Ant Man got a big push before the movie came out. Um, and then the one thing I did like about the issue was they had like a little sorcerer's bar where it was just like a meetup with people that were like the magic guys of the Marvel universe. Okay. Like Dr. Voodoo was there and Scarlet Witch and, and like, it was just kind of cool cause they were just like hanging out, having a beer. It's like, they, they're, they're still drinking magic hat. Yeah. They're just, yeah, <laughs> it's like, just like this secret. And it was kind of very Harry Potterish, where it's like, uh, where you walked through a wall and that was the bar. Like oh. you were there. It wasn't just like a bar you went into, like only wizards and sorcerers and magicians and Marvel could get into it. But that's yeah. funny. It's like, it's like, I'll make the tab disappear. It's like, no, you won't. We know you yeah. No, you, you, you owe us money. No. Dr. Strange. Stop, stop with the watch right now. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not following the watch. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah have another drink sir have another, another magic sir. hat uh, so yeah and then uncanny avengers um i'm gonna give it a few more but i'm not really that i feel like they've just been it. taking these team books and mashing them for such a long time that i don't some even care them, what's coming out the other end right now some of them work and some of them don't um this is very throwbacky to like right after avengers versus x-men where steve rogers tried to put together a team of humans and mutants to show that they could coexist except for this time it's humans mutants and inhumans oh so it's kind of a pr thing to put this team together and deadpool's on the team which causes a huge problem for a couple of people i like they say it's a pr thing but it really is like a marvel pr thing to be like hey guys there's mutants well they're here and whatever it's fine it's fine look inhumans yeah like it's yeah so, and like the Deadpool thing, I, I really don't like the way the guy, I can't remember off the top of my head the guy, name of the guy who, who writes it, but I don't like the way he writes Deadpool. And the artwork is killing me. Yeah. He's got the dude, squiggly arms. They, <laughs> they all have these weird squiggly arms. I mean, I could usually overlook some artwork if the story's good, but I'm going to give it a few more issues before I like decide to be like, you know what? I'm going to just wait till another Avengers title comes out. <laughs> like so. with, with, uh, with 10% less squiggly arm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. So that that sounds like uh, some some good Marvel love. I uh, um, we t- hey we talked about DC for a second tonight. Just so, just so you're DC on TV. You don't always have to justify. It. <laughs> uh, it's, I just want people to know that we know it exists. And now for our feature presentation. Zombies. That's it. We're done. That's all. Yep. That's it. We're out. We're out. Yeah, you can just fill in the blanks. We're just going to shamble out the door now. Slowly. We're going to play uh, twenty-five straight minutes of just groans and, and moans. Yes, that's that's all we're going to do. And then, um, and then eventually you're going to play this podcast for somebody, and then they're going to they're going to play it for somebody, and then it'll just become this unstoppable horde. That's yeah. really my goal. So, uh, we save these uh, zombies best for last uh, for our month of Halloween, and also slightly distracted by Back to the Future. 
because uh, I feel like there's a lot to talk about with zombies. And I know Joe has done some doctoral research, like when he was submitting for his PhD, he, yeah. wrote, he wrote a paper. When I was going for my uh, PhD in Thanksgiving at DeVry University. Your, your PhD in Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I minored in, a, in, a, in Cobbler. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I did a lot of research uh, for zombies prior to this because I've 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 uh, I did a paper on zombies a long time ago so well I mean so like I guess it's also kind of it's a, it's a good point to jump on this because everybody's losing their mind over the walking dead this week because mm-hmm. um, supposedly one of the main cast may not have made it and everybody and so like even now it's like Facebook was blowing up like the like entertainment like everybody's just like people freaking freak out. out yeah you know what I don't get is like people love these shows like because like, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones are in the same boat with readers get attached to these characters and then the writers just kill them off and then everybody's like why and I'm like it's been going for like four or five seasons and this is not new yeah I mean like I agree with you like it, so isn't the whole point of like like the Walking Dead is is that uh, even they even said that it was didn't Rick say like one of the earlier like uh, story arcs where he's like don't you guys get it we're the Walking Dead like that was the whole like they come from where it's like we're the ones left yeah not these things like we're the like we're just waiting out the clock and what are we going to do so it's like just that grim like just overtone like I know like I know the whole thing is like trying to find a little bit of shelter a little bit of hope but just knowing that. Well, that's nothing's ever going to end well. Well, that's one of the reasons, like, because I read a uh, majority of the books, and like, it was just basically watching them go from like a small shred of hope to another small shred of hope, and yeah. then having everything fall apart in the middle. And then, like, I remember when they got to the prison in the book, and I, because I didn't watch the uh, the season with the prison on TV, I I stopped watching it after the second season. And that's partially because of the writer strike, and I was getting angry with what they did with the the difference between the book but um like i remember when they got to the prison and they were just like oh my god we have showers and beds yeah and it was just like as a reader i'm sitting there thinking like man i'm so happy for them like they totally deserve these crappy little prison beds and like probably this water that's not very clean or warm (laughs) but like when was the last time they were able to have that type of luxury well even in in like um the the end of season one where they end up at the cdc and they have that big meal, like in the in the bunker. Of yeah, them. and it's like, and they're all there's this, this this weird moment of normalcy, and also like there's some humor there, mm-hmm. which is very rare for, like even even early for well, that show, it was rare to have I, that like complete I, safe space. I hated that. Like I did not like that they threw the seat because that was not. I, I agree never, with you, but I just, it was just like, interesting how they did I, some of it. I understand why they did it, and you know because it made sense in a zombie movie. It's like they show up at the CDC, but at the same time, I think. I think it was too soon to give them that type of a luxury. Yeah. And cuz like I said before when I was reading, it they I was like three or four, you know, hardcover back uh collections into it before they got to the prison and I was just like, "Man, they finally got that." Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like I don't feel like that the impact was as good. You know. So in in your your uh, copious research that you did, uh clearly uh, the zombies are 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 bigger than they ever been. Like there was, there was a brief bit in the eighties, like where they were kind of all over and then it kind of went away. And then the walking well, dead comic, I think is what really sparked it again, uh, at least, you know, culturally that it started picking up steam with the TV show. Yeah. And there were a few in there. Like, I think Romero was the big part of, um, the zombies exploding, you know, cause like in, in, uh, like when he, he did uh, night of the living dead, 
Um, I think it was in 1968. Is that right? Uh, something. Yeah, I just I, I just watched the movie like two weeks ago. You think I remember this? But uh, right. Yeah. But like, um, you know, and he did he did Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and those those three movies were just like huge. And Romero's movies stand apart from any other zombie movie because he really tends to like carry a message within his movies. Well, and I think that's uh, something like uh, we were talking about this before the show. It's like you can still have like I think horror and like sci-fi. You, there's ways that you can examine issues and have interesting viewpoints on it without necessarily taking a side because it's all fantasy, right? But with zombies in particular, though, they're always more interesting to me when there's like a social commentary going on with it. Um, and I think that's something that's always been kind of attached to it more so than other other movie monsters. Well, like his social commentary, I know, like with Night of the Living Dead, um, like uh, it was a, it, it, you know, he had the social commentary of um, uh, like there was like a, like a, like his his take on racism. Yeah, because like the main guy through the entire movie is this uh, is, is you know. A, this uh, black gentleman that comes to the house whenever the blonde girl, Barbara is like, like catatonic. And he's trying to say, here's what we need to do. X, Y, Z. I'm trying to protect us. And he's the one trying to take control of the situation and actually like procure safety. And then after all of that, this like death squad comes through cleaning up zombies and they don't even think twice and pop them. And it's like, and it's very, it's like, Oh, well that house is clean. And it just makes you think like, well, that's what this person gets for trying to, like take lead and try to actually save the day. And it was very like, I don't know if they were aware they were trying to make the comment specifically with that at the time, but it, it's, it's easy to see how that was a big deal when it came out though. Right. And then like, like Dawn of the dead, like he, it was definitely a, um, uh, a poke at capitalism because of the mall. Yeah. Like he had like the zombies walking around the mall, just like brainlessly like shoppers. And that was like a huge piece for that movie. Well, even like the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, when they're on the, the rooftop of the mall and you just see all of them wandering around and it's just like you get this idea of like, this is where they would have come. So this is where they're going to show up now. Right. You know, and, like um, that's what we're drawn to yeah. in, in death even. But even like, so like we're talking about like, so we're talking about the modern idea of the zombie, which is uh, like somehow reanimated corpse, uh, seeking human flesh, brains, whatever. But that's not where it started, and there's a, there's a point where that's what's accepted now, but that's not what was originally. And I know, like, before that, you had, um, like, White Zombie, that movie, I think it was Boris Karloff, and then there's all other mentions of zombies, but it was more of, like, a... Well, yeah, like, like White Zombie was in 1932. It was Bela Lugosi. Oh, Bela, sorry. Yeah. Um, that was actually the first legitimate zombie movie. But, like, even that zombie movie came back to... Um, the real origins of zombies with like how like Haitian voodoo and things like that would create zombies from like uh, people. They like their will be taken from them. Yeah. They would become mind, mindless slaves to um, like a sorcerer or um, uh, I think they were called like Bokors and like the voodoo uh, sorcerers. And then like white zombie came out and it was basically um the, like they're basically mindless hench- mindless henchmen, so it was more tied to like the voodoo uh, thing, but it was still like a zombie movie. Yeah, but even like with Night of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. Sorry, I don't know what Night of the Dead is. Maybe it's something different. Um, they never say the word zombie in that movie. They refer to all the beings as ghouls, 
And somehow later on, people started attaching that word to Romero's movie. And he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll run with that. I like that. Yeah. So uh, this makes me wonder where is that, that bit? Because, I mean, like like a voodoo-driven person that has their will taken away from them versus like like the reanimated body of a loved one. Th- those are different ideas, though. Because like the whole idea is that someone could possibly be broken out of the spell and they'll stop being like, you know, under the influence. Well, the, the two things like. You just said like how like people you know the, the the loved ones that come back like the two things that I think that are most horrifying to people about zombies are is that that like it can be anybody it could be your your kid's sister it could be your mom it could be your grandmother yeah that is going to basically try to break down a door and eat you alive and that's hard that's hard to deal with because like if you have like a movie monster like the Wolfman or the or Dracula or um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, you have you still have a pretty big separation from that like monster. Yeah. But when that monster becomes somebody that you know, it's that change. That's one of the most terrifying things of zombies. The other thing that a lot of people don't think about is the huge loss of individualism. And that's used in a lot of Romero's stuff too, and some uh movie makers when when you basically have people that completely lose who they are and they just become part of a mindless crowd. Yeah. So well, and then I think too, like it didn't, it wasn't there originally, but there gets to a point. And The Walking Dead, I think, is more that it's kind of like a mirror to the way um, people will treat each other versus like like the the actual you know, undead, right? And it's like what's what's like you know what's worse? Are we any better than this like crowd of people that are just actively seeking to destroy us whenever we can't be find peace amongst ourselves? And it's like I think that's also one of those things that you don't necessarily find. Like maybe in like a Wolfman type situation where someone's fighting against their their urges or whatever, but that's very um, that's also very scary too. Of like, where where's my am I better off working with somebody or like just killing everybody and hoping for the best? Um, the uh, that's what I've always loved. I've always said that the 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 antagonist of most zombie movies is not always the zombie. The best antagonists in zombie movies are always the people that are trying to survive. So, like, as like, the heroic people are those that are like uh, the ones that are with you until they have an advantage, and then they're going to turn on you. And those try to, people, because like, like ev- the Paul Reiser and Aliens, like whenever they yes. kind of like yeah. Paul Reiser and Aliens is which that, is not, uh, that's not a zombie movie, but the same right. thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Marsha Gade Harden in uh, the Mist. Ugh. And yeah. that's that's why I've always thought the Mist was a great zombie movie because there's no zombies in it, but it's like you watch those people in that um, that that grocery store, and it society decays in on itself, and that's basically. Why a lot of people watch, I think, good zombie movies that aren't just there to watch entrails get ripped out and things like that is like do like, and that's why Walking Dead succeeds so much. Like, I don't see a lot of people watching Walking Dead for the special effects, but it's like the human drama of these people's lives are what make it interesting. But it's set in this backdrop of apocalypse with zombies. Yeah, and I just, I, I just think it's just, um, it's interesting. it also that as time has went on, and I'm sure you're going to speak to this too, of like what, not not what's responsible. That's not even a word. Responsible for the zombie outbreaks, like in the certain eras of movies that we watch. Like like you know, obviously there was the voodoo that you're talking about with like white zombie and and things like that. And then you go to Night of the Living Dead, where they never quite say, but it's always hinted that there's a weird radiation that came from like a probe from Venus that caused all of this to start happening. And that was more of like a fallout from, I guess, literally a fallout from like the the 50s sci-fi 
like the you know the the atomic age and we don't know what's going to the happen different origin pieces yeah yeah i think um i think dawn of the dead was probably one of the few that never hinted at any type of cuz a lot of zombie movies rely on um either big business or government to take the fall and the reason why everything uh is the way it is and that's one of the reasons why they're so well liked because like you know a lot of people hate the government or big business and to give them something like zombies that is a byproduct of all their corruption, you know, that's what, you know, that's what some of the entertaining aspect is of, 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 of zombies. And I think like very few zombie movies, um, like I think, like I said, Dawn of the Dead is maybe one of the only ones that doesn't imply that it's, that it comes from that. It, it implies that it's just like supernatural in a way. Yeah. Like, you know, when there's no more room in, in hell, hell, the dead shall walk, the, dead the, earth, walk yeah. the earth. So it's just they're they're coming back because. Well, but then like even in like the 80s where you had like Return of the Living Dead um, and those, it was always like a government, like you'd see a military truck and it would just yeah. have the barrel and it would tip over and get into the, the water supply right. and people would start changing. Um, and then there was so there were still fears of like of the un, like of science and tampering with the unknown. And then you go forward to like one of my favorite movies of this kind is like 28 days later. Right. Where it's, I mean, it's more biological and they're trying to build a super virus and this monkey gets free and this, you know, London falls because of like mm-hmm. this uh, rage monkey. I didn't, I didn't like 28 days later when I first saw it. And then I, I went back and watched it when zombie movies started to take a bigger craze. And I appreciated it more for how Danny Boyle did it with, um, the small group of people because he didn't do the the survivors caving in on each other but it was a smaller group and they and that you legitimately wanted them to survive so you had more buy-in for the characters well, that and then when you get to the end with the military people which i didn't i didn't realize is christopher eccleston's one of the military guys like so that's uh, anyway the, after watching hmm. doctor who i'm like i like him oh, i think now was, that you yeah. bring that up i actually realize yeah. that <laughs> i just yeah anyway uh it, it's like you see that they have a plan but then when you figure out what their plan is, it's like it, it gets even more twisted than what was going on. And I mean, and, and it's, it's an obvious trope, I guess, but it was really interesting for the time, again, because the whole idea of like these are supposed to be the line of defense. But what they're deciding to do is like perhaps worse than what was going on. Right. And, and that's the thing. Like y- there's always somebody that will take advantage of the chaos and try to push a new order in a different direction. Even if it's as small as like taking over a grocery store, <laughs> there's always some group. Or some person that is like, I can't really be stopped because our society and our, our, I guess our, our law enforcement, I don't know, really can't stop me now. Yeah. So I can make a way. It's like strongest. They take, they take a strongest of the fittest type act. Well, did you, did you see 28 Weeks Later? 20, 28 Weeks Later, I did see. Yeah, I like 28 Weeks Later. And my favorite thing about 28 Weeks Later was the fact that you realize that the zombies are not dead. And basically, they just wait for all these people to starve to death. Yeah. And I thought that was really clever. Like, like the, the actual government waits for them just to kind of burn themselves out. Yeah. And then, then they move in and kind of clean up all the, yeah. the mess. Because, like, the 28 weeks later, everybody who's been infected with this rage virus is... Like, dehydrated and dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. They, they have no nourishment because they can't take care of themselves. They're just crazy. So I always thought that was interesting because I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, if they are actually alive, they would eventually die because they can't... Function. Well, and, and that was also the like that at the time. I mean, it's been used so much now, but since they weren't like zombies, like quote unquote, in the sense of like reanimated dead, but they were infected, that started bringing in the sense of like speed 
and fear. Speed zombies are a big controversy. Well, but I think that in that context, it makes sense because these guys aren't well, dead. Yeah, that and they're just they're just gunning for you and, and they're I coming. Think, I think Danny Boyle's zombies were not really true zombies. They were just people infected, but it had the same, you know, it was the same concept. And um, I, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's when you get into like the Zack Schneider fast zombies. And then, like, like some other movies where it's, like, zombies are running at you and things like that. That's when it starts to get kind of like, eh. You know, Romero even kind of makes fun of them in some of his other movies. Like, towards the, the early 2000s, like he did, um, uh, was it Land of the Dead? Yeah. Uh, and then he did the one that was, like... Um, there was, like, Diary of the Dead and Diary Survival of the Dead. Diary of the Dead was the one, yeah. yeah. He did one in Diary of the Dead. Like, these film students were making a, a zombie movie. And this girl is getting chased by a zombie... Or a mummy or something. And the one kid who's directing it, he like he's like cut. He's like, Why are you moving like that? You wouldn't move like that. You're dead. If you try to run after her, your bones are gonna snap in half. And it's like you know, that was basically Romero poking fun at all the fast yeah. zombies. So uh, now like so now we got like you know, Walking Dead's big and you got Fear of the Walking Dead, which I'm sorry, I still think it's a stupid name for a spinoff show. It's like you're just gonna put two more words in front of Walking Dead. Um and then you got iZombie and like uh, Call of Duty's coming out soon. Oh, there's yeah. going to be, I'm sure there's a zombies mode there. Like everything zombie, zombie, zombie. The zombie mode in Call of Duty was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then like Left 4 Dead. That was a game. That was that a, fun was a game. huge game. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Dead Rising is another game. Um, I'll never forget like the recent Dead Rising that came out. Uh, like I played all three of them and like my one buddy, I don't think he's ever played any of them. Uh, I told him to get it. He was like, oh, I don't know. All right. And. I remember, I think we were on vacation when it came out in February or something once. And we literally sat there and played it for like three days and beat it together because it was a co-op game. Yeah. And it was just so much fun. Like, Well, I mean, so do you think that um, part of the reason why people also relate to this too is that generally there's no standalone individuals that survive zombies. It's always teamwork. It's always you got to find people and band together yeah. and, and for the greater good. And like... There's this weird, like, um, well, I know I couldn't do anything by myself, but I've had four of my best friends and we were at a Costco. We could survive this entire thing. Right. That's always been my thing is, is we go to Costco and just block it off and then we get a farm going on the roof. <laughs> so, so then that's my, like, like, so do you have, everybody, everybody does this now. And I even, I know even like, um, I want to say the CDC even put out kind of a jokey yeah. like video to kind of show the idea of like, Hey, you do want to manage your resources if something does happen, but it was all under the guise of a zombie apocalypse. Do you have your zombie plan? Like you live in a, you live in a higher, higher elevation. So well, at least you got that. There's no way I could stay in my high rise. Um, it would be really hard to maintain water and food. I could probably get a small, like, garden going on my balcony which would not really be enough um and then so you're saying matt damon has a better chance of surviving on mars than you do in your apartment with zombies <laughs> yeah like my whole thing is is i would totally go to a sam's club or a costco and it, the i would this is where it would get tricky because like i would need people because there's no way i could go in there with like me and like four other people like it would have to be like a, a decent group of people because you have to maintain entrances and things like that and you would still have to patrol the inside of it. Um, you'd have to have... I mean, they have everything there. There's gardening tools, so you have weapons. You don't <laughs> run out of ammo. Um, there's entertainment. They got TVs and crap there. Uh, and then you're going to need to go up, and you're going to need to get your farm going on your roof, and you're going to need to collect your rainwater and stuff like that. 
So you really have thought all this out. You're like, this is what would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have tools there that you can you can barricade most of the doors. So, so okay, I I just find that funny because I know there's not I, there's people that I maybe I don't know personally, but I see where people really legitimately have a plan, and it's like, what makes them think that this is actually going to happen? And I don't know why of all the, the things that we love is like horror movies the, and all this, this is the one everyone's like, oh, we're just a day away from a zombie apocalypse. Only, I think we're closer to a robot apocalypse myself. I but, do too, yeah. Robot yeah. apocalypse is definitely more likely than, than a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> the robots scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Well, did you see, there was a story recently of um, there was a prison somewhere where a drone, they, they found it, like a drone fell. And it was carrying like hacksaw blades and things. So it was a drone. Someone was flying a drone into a prison trying to get escape supplies to somebody, but it just kind of fell and the guards found it. Like that's, wow. it's, it's like, it, that's what's happening now. Right. And I don't think the drone by itself was like, I need to free my master. I think it was like someone really trying to no, get the in drone's there. probably trying to free people. Like, like, uh, like get a convict <laughs> army. It was like an Amazon drone yeah. just coming and trying to drop off something. It's like, guys, it's, it's free shipping. It's fine. I, I'm good. <laughs> no robot apocalypse did you see the one with that Roomba that was like eat, that ate that girl's hair or something like no. that no yeah now oh, now it has a taste for like you know humans exactly it's like mm. <laughs> so okay um, uh, is there any other like points that you'd like to bring up about zombies or we just want to talk about like our favorite zombie movies like good fun zombie recommendations um, no I think I hit a lot of the main points like I, I think uh, you know it's interesting I think we talked about the the, the voodoo roots um Serpent the Rainbow, which... Um, oh, my goodness. Bill is, Pullman. That's is, creepy. Yeah. Uh, um, Wes Craven. Wes Craven yeah. did Serpent the Rainbow, which was a, a book by Wade Davis, um, which basically is about a um, a guy from Harvard that goes and tries to, like, investigate, like, Haitian voodoo and the whole thing. And it's it's pretty terrifying because he basically well, gets turned into a zombie. Well, yeah, but, like, the, the actual... Um, there's a drug. There's some kind of herbal thing that actually does put people down where their vitals go so low that you think they're dead. Right. And that's where a lot of this is based off of. So and that's, it's like, that's what happens because the, when they do this, they, they drug these people and people they witness this and they see them dead in a catatonic state, but then they'll be walking around in the village still catatonic like weeks later. So that's where they get the walking dead from. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's just one of those things where it's a little too close to reality. So we always feel like maybe there is something. And I know even recently, like with the whole, like Ebola scare, people were freaking. That was what was going to be like the thing that was going to happen, and and I, I guess since we are like a much smaller world now, like globally speaking, in terms of travel and airways, if something biological does happen, it, there is the, the the worry that you know something could happen and it could spread, and you know suddenly then apes are ruling the world. Well, know? there's that fungus too. There's that zombie fungus. You know about that? Uh, well, I mean, is it the same one that's in uh, the Last of Us? No, Last <laughs> of Us is definitely a take on that too. But yeah. there there is a fungus that that, that um. It infects like um, ants and other types of insects. Oh, and it basically no, that is the same thing. It's like Corey something something. I'm yeah. we talking about where it takes the ant and makes it walk to a certain height, mm-hmm. and then makes it stand still, and then it grows a stalk out of its head yeah. for a bird to eat it. That's the same thing. Like they took that that thing, and then they just basically said, "What if it mutated?" And that's right. the thing in Last of Us. Yeah, that's yeah. creepy. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. That's, that's a real thing. There's ugh. zombie fungus. Yeah. So and, and there's even insects um, that. Um, I forget what it is. There's some kind of wasp that goes in to certain other insects types of hives and kills like the, the, the mother, but then also lays its own eggs and it convinces the workers to tend to it. Like there's other things that like there's ways that insects basically mind control other insects 
and it's terrifying. Insects are terrifying. Yeah, so sweet dreams, people. Good luck. So glad they're little. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> yeah if, if insects were as big as like, like dinosaur times, like done. When I, done. Like, like when I play StarCraft, I'm just like, the Zerg would be so terrifying if they were real because it'd be basically the craziest so, insects. So how have. big does something have to be before it terrifies you? Like I see spiders all the time here. Like there's a couple. I'll see one in the bathroom. I'm like, you just stay over there. We're cool. Um, like if you get near me, I'm going to freak out, I'd but you're say, cool. I'd say if it was about as big as the gauntlet, I'd be like, this thing's got to go. Like, <laughs> like, like flamethrowers. Let's wipe it off. Of no endangered species. Let's skip straight to extinction. <laughs> like, no, nope. just nuke the safe for more. We're going to be done. Yeah. Okay. Like I saw a, um, bird eating spider when I was on vacation last week. Uh, we went to DC. Th- we, those aren't no joke. Those things are pretty big. Yeah. We went to the national zoo and they actually had one of the Smithsonian too. But, um, this thing was like huge, like. I was like, it was the size of, it was bigger than a softball and it was just chilling there. And I'm like, and they don't actually eat birds, but they're so big. Everybody calls them bird eating spiders, but oh. they basically just eat anything smaller than it, oh. which means that if it was the size of a car, it would all eat us. <laughs> Do you think it's just waiting? It's like, listen, I'm this big now. Yeah. Just give me a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, like, Counting down his but, birthdays. Yeah, like, I'm just going to molt three more times and you're all screwed. So yeah. I, I don't know how we went from zombies to spiders, putting, but this is pretty terrifying anyway. Putting sriracha on you, Billy. <laughs> it's like, I have seven arms with forks, you know, whatever. Um, and one for sriracha. So, so um, zombie movie? Well, uh, just, yeah. Do you have any good zombie recommendations? I mean, um, off the grid zombie movies that are some of my favorites. I did enjoy Undead, which was an Australian zombie movie. Yeah, that, that one's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's kind of silly, but it is fun. Um, and then uh, Dead Snow was really good. I need to see that. That's what the Nazi zombies. The, yeah, and they actually did a sequel, which wasn't bad. Usually, when they do a sequel to those, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't bad. Um, but the Nazi zombie Dead Snow one was really good. Um, and then um, trying to think if there was another one that really kind of blew me away, other than like. You know, your Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead stuff. Um, Day of the Dead's probably my favorite, actually, uh, out of all of them. Like, I like that, because the evolution, because, like, he got, uh, Romero got Tom Savini to do the special effects for Dawn because it was in color. Okay. And then, like, I feel like they really jumped it up a notch when they went to Day of the Dead. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to recommend Fido. That's, oh, um, I forgot about Fido. Because it's it, it's a zombie movie, but it kind of it's tongue in cheek, but it also kind of has a statement about the way people treat each other. And it's this whole like it's like it's the fifties, like mm-hmm. it's like kind of like a like what if Leave It to Beaver, but had zombies as servants? Yeah, and they have a control collar that keeps them docile. And uh, Billy Conley is yeah. a zombie, and he and the, and the boy just wants he wants a he wants a pet, so he ends up calling the zombie Fido. Fido. And it's like, it's really funny because they go through at the beginning, there's this whole like duck and cover thing, but it's all about like zombie preparedness. And it's like, it's, it's a fun movie. And there's some dark things that go on there. Like the neighbor that has the one uh, zombie, his girlfriend zombie, you wonder like, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. It's, I think that's on Netflix right now. So I would recommend Fido. Check out Fido. Fido is such a good movie. Um, I'd also recommend, I know it's not exactly a zombie movie, but I'm going to recommend Black Sheep because it has zombie elements, but it's zombie. It's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. a, it's sheep that are attacking people and then people get bit and they become sheep monsters. They become and, sheep monsters yeah. and there was one guy who was like a pro, pro like animal life and vegan that gets bit and he, he, he see himself disgusted with himself chasing down a rabbit and eating it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are some good, good zombie movies. If you guys have recommendations, please certainly, uh, hit us up on, on the Twitter at invading podcast, our Facebook page, our Gmail is invading podcast, Gmail. Uh, I know I've said this repeatedly, just, you know, send stuff. Also, 
I want to mention again, just write a, like, give us a five-star review on iTunes. We would appreciate that. If you're just like one star, not enough talk about brains, we will know you're probably a zombie, but hopefully that's not the case. So, uh, enough about that. Now we're going to get to our big grand finale for Halloween. We have the, the nacho helmet, nacho sorting helmet of doom. Uh, and we're going to, well, Joe go into the rules a second, but we got something for Joe, nacho man. I want to be a nacho man. There you go. (laughs) Homer's always, I I always go to Homer for everything. I I can't help it. So the nacho helmets, we have two nacho helmets actually. Yeah. I picked up one during the summer, so I had a second one. So there's, there's, there's some random things in each helmet. The one helmet has heroes from horror movies who have survived the horror movies and gone on to do bigger and better things, um, like open a bakery or whatever. (laughs) And the other sorting helmet has horror movies in it. So what we're going to do is we're going to pull out a name and we're going to pull out a movie and we're going to discuss why or how this hero would survive in another movie that they were throwing. Yeah, it's just kind of like a mix-up, a mashup. Yeah. All the kids are in mashups now. We're going right. to do a mashup. So let's 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 bust out the first one. I'm going to okay. grab. I think I have the heroes. So let me. This one was on the top. I'm going to mix this up a little bit. All right. So let's do this one. Oh, okay. So I have uh, Samuel Loomis from Halloween. Yes, Donald Pleasance. Yes. And the movie is crossed out. What is? Oh, wait. Ghost ship, ghost ship. So Samuel Lewis. Yeah, how would how would Loomis? Loomis would be on ghost ship. I'm trying to think who was on. Was was it Juliana Margulies? Uh, maybe. So like, well, that little girl, that creepy little girl, was um, was like trying to like warn all of them. The ghost girl. I think he would attach to her, and he would he would try to like console her, like he did Michael. Yeah. And I think I just tell him like, "All oh, this whole ship's been born bad. There's something wrong with the ship." And yeah. he would, he would just like, he would totally. I think he wouldn't be able to survive. Honestly, no. I think that the ghosts would get him because it's ghosts. He'd bust out that six shooter, and then it would just be, be like, yeah. But I mean, it's Donald Pleasant. So Ghost Ship. Now that you said that, Ghost Ship would go up in my book. Like if Donald Pleasant, <laughs> actually, if Donald Pleasant was like, if they just start putting him in other movies, like I know he's been dead for a long time, but start putting him in movies, I'd be like, I'm gonna watch that movie. You know, they originally wanted to get Christopher Lee to do that would have been cool too but it's like but he's such donald pleasance is one of those guys that was like he didn't care about like he's like whatever it is you're paying me i'll do it so like he's done some really bad movies but also some awesome movies (laughs) all right next one is uh martin brody from jaws okay so like jaws is jaws is actually considered one of the number one horror movies scary movies so you got roy scheider and his shorty shorts yeah um versus the critters Oh man! So I don't know if he like he he handled one big thing. I don't know if he can handle a bunch of little things. I don't know. Like, well, if he goes on his boat, he'll be okay. There's yeah. no way. Although you know what, critters did go in space, so I don't think that would really <laughs> They're stop. They're gonna form that big large critter ball and go rolling into the water. Like you know how ants travel on yeah. water, where they just ball up. That's probably what would happen. <laughs> you know, I just um, yeah. I mean, you know, the I beach, could just see the, the s- beach would stay open and people would uh. <laughs> People get killed by critters. I could just see the critters eating the back of the boat, like slowly, <laughs> like as he's falling towards them. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's critters. Like, why? Why haven't we had a critters movie recently? That needs to happen. It again. does. Critters yeah. needs to come back. Critters was a, one of the first scary movies I saw when I was six that scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Like, kill crates. Yeah. Oh man, like you don't know how bad I was worried about like balls of fur under my bed. <laughs> For for like at least a good two or three years. Now it's just because you think it could be a bird-eating spider. <laughs> All right. Um, 
didn't stop, did it? Okay. No, no, we're, no the, the fun keeps going. All right. Uh, so I got uh, Billy Peltzer from Gremlins. Billy Peltzer. Billy Peltzer. Oh, that would have been a good matchup with Critters. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> scream. He's dead. Oh, he's <laughs> totally dead. He's totally dead. Man, That's I feel a- so bad that most of these people, oh, you know what? I think I think Brody would probably survive the Critters. Yeah, I think he'd survive the Critters. I Going think he's back. smart enough. Loomis Billy would Peltzer. not survive the ghost ship. Uh, Billy would totally not survive Scream. Yeah, that's, I mean, sorry, Billy. Like, yeah. yeah. Although, you know who might survive is Phoebe Cates. Uh, well, I mean, you know, but she'd tell some terrible story about what happened to some family member on some holiday. She's probably the killer, dude. Right. There you go. She's that, like. Phoebe Cates kills Billy. Phoebe, yeah, she kills Billy. She's the killer for Scream Gremlins Edition. And she uses that smokeless ashtray to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, oh, I got uh, Frank Bannister from The Frighteners. Oh, Michael J. Fox. Hellraiser. That's actually a really oh, interesting combination. Man, that would be a good combo. Like, you know what? I think... Does he have his ghost friends to help him? Oh, he totally would have his ghost yeah. friends. I think I think Tex, the 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 Oh, the John, John Aston, yeah, the yeah. Hagen judge. Yeah. I think he would totally kind of turn the table there. Um, I feel like the Elvis guy would totally... The Elvis ghost would just... Um, oh, Chi McBride. You're talking about like he was the, the 70s uh, ghost, right? Was he? Yeah, he was like, he died in the 70s. So he had the afro and the bell bottoms. And, okay. Yeah. But. Um, and then there's the other guy, like a, like a 50s, like uh, like a varsity jacket. Guy. Right. Yeah. I think they would definitely help him with the Cenobites. Um, Do you think Jake Busey as death would help out? Oh, absolutely. Because he, well, he wouldn't want Pinhead no. beating his record. You're right. He, I think there would be a good throwdown between Jake Busey and Pinhead. I and like I'm bringing in every single character from the Frighteners, not just Frank <laughs> Bannister. What if Frank Bannister has just the single, the the exacto knife that he used? That was the, the, the missing knife. Remember that was the the knife that covered all the numbers and heads. Oh, well, that yeah. was his only weapon. That's all he had. Uh, no, because them <laughs> chains would go. I think I think I think there would be a good fight between Jake Busey as Death and. Pinhead, but I think Pinhead would get him ultimately. Or what about Arlie Emery as the ghost uh, sergeant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would take no shit from Pinhead. He, yeah, he would. He'd yeah. pop out of the grave. Yeah. Uh, so that was the rendition of all the characters from the Frighteners versus in, just Pinhead. In Pinhead. Yep. So, all right. What movie you got? I got Laurie Strode. Oh. So we're getting all Halloween. Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis for Jamie Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. Jeepers Creepers. You know what? I, oh, she, I would actually, she would win. I don't think she'd win. Yeah. He would totally get them pipes. Because oh. you know how he totally collects like the eyes, he took all the body parts and yeah. stuff? And then he like adapts them. It, like, she's Scream Queen. He'd be like, I got to get that vocal cord. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's... Yeah, Jeepers Creepers was a creepy movie. Yeah. And, uh, not just because that's in the title. I thought it was a good movie. They're supposed to make a third one, finally. I think all the they rights and everything. Should. Yeah. Uh, okay. I got uh, Clarice Starling from Silence Clarice. Friday the 13th. She's an FBI agent. I think she would be able to hold her own. I think she would be okay. I think she would definitely... She'd figure out what's going on way sooner than everybody else. Oh, yeah. She would find out. She'd find, like, Jason's mom in the in the shed. Yeah. Like, the head, you know, the severed head that he keeps at little shrine. And then he would he would just put... She would put on her uh, her sweater and then just... Do you think that, like, she would bring Anthony Hopkins out in the half mask to go talk to Jason in the full mask? It's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Hannibal Lecter versus Jason. Go. Oh, Jason. <laughs> Dude, Jason took out Godzilla. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. I just saw one. I don't want to pick that one. I'll just move this around some more. All right. Uh, oh, Sean from Sean of the Dead. 
Army of Darkness. Oh man, that would be fun. This would be fun. It'd be like almost, be almost the same movie. Um, kind of. I think Sean would be fine, but I honestly think if he was in medieval England, he would just go find whatever Winchester was there and just, and just have a pint. And yeah, just and just have a pint. Over. Be like deadites are just attacking everybody, and he's just waiting for it to blow over. And then uh, his friend would have some pig snacks, and that would be it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think he would be fine, but I don't That's think... That's a slice of fried gold right there. That's what that is. I don't think he would... Uh, I don't think no, he, he wouldn't would be very heroic. He wouldn't be heroic no. and help anybody. Um... Okay, I got McGreedy from The Thing, R.J. McGreedy. From oh, the thing. and I got the Phantasm, so you got, what, the the tall man? Yeah, and the ball yeah. with the spikes, and those creepy little dimensional creature oh. things. I don't know, McGreedy, you know, he did beat a chess computer by dumping a drink into it. Like, he took his scotch and just dumped <sighs> it, he's like, screw you, this is how I win. I think he would be fine. With I the think, flamethrower? Yeah, I yeah. think he would be, I don't think he could stop, because, I mean, really, a lot of people just dodge those balls. Okay. But like, um, I think I think he would just hit the tall man with the flamethrower. I just think Kurt Russell's hat would win. Like the hat he wears, that that big looks like the you, you know what I'm talking about like mm-hmm. the big yeah that would just win everything. I, <laughs> if everything you pulled from now on every movie, I'd be like Kurt Russell's hat. I think that's going to win everything. <laughs> All right, let's see who do we got here. The Frog Brothers from Lost Boys. Child's Play. That's a good combination oh, too. It is a good combo. Yeah. Um, because one's like a short squat thing, and the other thing's Chucky. I think the Frog Brothers would stop Chucky. Yeah. Because they're pretty knowledgeable. They would have some type of comic book or book that would know about reanimated serial killers and dolls. Um, but I think Chucky would definitely kill their mom and probably <laughs> the brother. Oh, you're talking about the actual the the brother in um and the and lost, lost boys. boys okay yeah. yeah and the mom um they would get they would get like chucky would definitely take out quite a few people and before they could stop him yeah that would be that would be a fun fight yeah, let's see friends to the end uh okay yeah, Bill Robinson from Maximum Overdrive so the, the, we didn't know what the name of this character was this is Emilio Estevez his character from Maximum Overdrive. So that's a really stupid name for a character. Yeah. It's like, that's not really heroic. So you got him, uh, you know, all four foot five of Emilio Estevez versus Saw. I don't think he would make it, but it would be a really badass soundtrack the entire time. It'd just be ACDC the entire time. I don't know, though. Like, if he was able to get around most machines that were sentient, I think he'd be <laughs> able to get through some of those traps that were just rigged. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not going to go near you, but here's a soda machine. <laughs> yeah. Want to have a soda? You want to play a game? No. In a semi? You want to diet? All right. Let's see. Let's see what we got left here. All right. This one. Tallahassee from Zombieland. So, okay. So Woody Woody Harrelson's character. This is a wonderful, wonderful selection. Aliens. Oh, man. He would just go batshit. Because like, at the end of Zombieland, he just becomes like... The total badass. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, you can I just tell him that there's a Tweaky on a LV246. Like, he, he would he would go in a heartbeat he would and be, destroy all of them. He would be, like, next-level Hicks. Yes. Like, you would have, like, Michael Bean, and Michael Bean's like, oh, I got sprayed with some acid, and now I'm all tired. Like, no, he would just totally, like... He would he would take the the drop ship and draw an eighty eight on the side like like a NASCAR eight on it and just drive it into the planet. Yeah, That's he would it. he would totally fly that ship into like the Queen. <laughs> oh, that that would be fun. All right, uh, I got ooh Seth Gecko from from Dusk Till Dawn. The Mist. 
Oh man, that imagine would be George Clooney in that supermarket. Could you imagine? Yeah, because like when he goes, when they go, Marsha Gay Harden would not be long. No, no, oh, she would be dead in a heartbeat. Like even yeah. if his brother, well, let's say his brother is not there, but yeah, like like George Co- Clooney, <laughs> like the entire time George Clooney's trying to talk reason to everybody with the gun in the air, and then slowly but surely you see Tarantino talking to people in the back room and just like being like, I don't know Richie, I don't know what I, what, I, don't, I don't know where like, they went, I don't know what happened, I don't know, I just uh, had him sit on the dog food, yeah, I just, now they're I just gone. we'll watch TV with it. he just killed all of them slowly yeah. in the background no but <laughs> I, I could see marcia gay harden trying to act up some stuff and he would just like totally cap her yeah that would be yeah. uh he would he would just, like when they go to the drugstore that's it like guns yep. blazing that's that yeah oh i want to see harvey Keitel as the priest in the mist too that'd be great <laughs> all right uh oh i got uh van helsing <laughs> paranormal activity oh I think but it would just be a bunch of Hugh Jackman hanging out in the bedroom, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think Hugh Jackman definitely would be fine. In, uh, and we, I mean, there's a lot of incarnations of Van Helsing. Like we've got a uh, you know uh, Anthony Hopkins played Van Helsing, but oh yeah, that's right. Um, like uh, I think Hugh Jackman had uh, a good popcorn movie run as Van Helsing. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it's, I yeah, that'd be funny. Okay, I got uh almost done. All right. Yep, Ellen Ripley, the thing. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? No, no, no. Ripley would have it totally. That oh, absolutely. experience with that flamethrower? So does she get to call in the the, um, the cargo walker, like the, the, oh, the yeah. power loader? She would. Oh, my goodness. I want to see that movie but right what now. Would you, what would you say to the thing? Get away from her you, you thing. You thing? <laughs> yeah. Get, like, get your things off of her you thing. Get your things off of her you thing. Get that thing away from that thing you thing. And it's like Bishop's nope. arms get bitten off with a defibrillator <laughs> scene. Like, oh, no. Oh. There's milk everywhere. <laughs> um, but how weird is that that McCready ended up in Aliens and she ended up in the thing? Um. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be awesome. Completely like, random. We yes. totally switched movies. <clears throat> All right. Uh, oh, Ash Williams from Evil Dead. This is a fun one. Tremors. Oh man, that would be an amazing movie. Yes. Like, I just to see him run around the desert freaking out the entire time. That'd be a good time. I would see. I could see a lot of jumping like, chainsaw first into the mouth of the graboids. Yeah, I could totally see the chainsaw coming into play a lot. I almost wish it was Michael J. Fox's character because then it would have been him and his dad. And like, because Michael Gross is in Tremors, so it would have been fun to see Bannister and Dad running around. Like, you know, anyway. like you know, you got to have a, a whole uh, Fam- you know, family, gr- ties. family ties. You know, that's the sequel that you don't know about. Okay, and then the last one is uh, Sidney Prescott from Scream. Oh, this is completely apt. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh, both Wes Craven, both strong female. Like, I think Sydney would make it. I don't you know. She, I don't think she'd make it. No, she survived all the scream movies, but like, um, I, I just I think Freddie would get her because like it seems like Freddie always gets everybody eventually. And then do you think Skeet Ulrich would be in the Nightmare on Elm Street taking place with the Johnny Depp character? Yes, yeah, because they, look, oh, they looked a lot alike. Skeet Ulrich would totally be Johnny Depp in Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street. And then like Seth Green would be killed in the middle of the movie just for no reason. <laughs> oh. Henry Winkler would be there too. It'd be so good. Yeah. I would, oh man. So um, that that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Sorting Helmets of Doom. They're always fun. May, may you bring me much uh, much fun and uh, more nachos and, and bloodshed tomorrow with all the small children when I'm giving them candy. Um, so okay, that's going to do it for us. It's going to do it for for Halloween. So be safe. Um, don't eat too many razor blades in your apples. Um, like just one per should be fine. Don't have too many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, real quick, I saw a video of someone's like, make sure to like, check your ch- kid's candy. He dumps the bag out. There's like a syringe in there. He's pulling that aside. He picks up a Nickelback CD and just stares at it. Like, <laughs> I was like, like oh, it's a good thing I caught that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us uh, this time. Um, I'm sure next week it's not going to be 
uh, horror movie related, but we're going to figure out. It it's, might be. It's November, so yeah. we're going to get through November into Christmas, and then. Well, I know either it might be Bond or it might be BlizzCon, so it might be a B word. Be worth, you, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. get ready because I know, I know everybody loves the video game stuff. Yeah, I mean, we might just, I might just roll that all into like a, a winter video game, like free because of it's like the holiday season. Well, it depends coming. on how much stuff comes out at BlizzCon because they usually do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. So, uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. It was a lot of fun. Uh, be safe. Um, Happy yeah. Halloween. Yeah. May it be spooky. Ooh. Hey, Tom. It's Bob. From the office down the hall It's good to see you, buddy How have you been? Things have been okay for me Except that I'm a zombie now I really wish you'd let us in I think I speak for all of us When I say I understand Why you folks might hesitate Submit to our demand But here's an FYI You're all gonna die Screaming All we want to do is eat your brains We're not unreasonable I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes All we want to do is eat your brains We're at an impasse here Maybe we should compromise If you open up the door We'll all come inside and eat your brains I don't want to nitpick, Tom, but is this really your plan? Spend your whole life locked inside a mall Maybe that's okay for now, but someday you'll be out of food and guns And you'll have to make the call I'm not surprised to see you haven't thought it through enough You never had the head for all that bigger picture stuff But Tom, that's what I do And I plan on eating you Slowly. All we want to do is eat your brains We're not unreasonable I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes All we want to do is eat your brains We're at an impasse here Maybe we should compromise you open up the door We'll all come inside and eat your brains I'd like to help you, Tom, in any way I can I sure appreciate the way you're working with me I'm not a monster, Tom, well, technically I am I guess I
on the doors I guess we'll table this for now I'm glad to see you take constructive criticism well Thank you for your time, I know we're all busy as hell And we'll put this thing to bed When I bash your head open I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes. All we want to do is eat your brains. We're at an impasse here. Maybe we should compromise. Open up the doors. We'll all come inside and eat your brains. 